What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Yam Bar Podcast. My name is Brian Barcelo, host of this episode. Today's guest, Ronica Lynn, lead singer, manager, and songwriter of the award-winning rock group from Kansas, Ridiculous Tricks. Ronica, what's good? <laughs> Thank you for joining the podcast. Thank you. Hey, check this out, Ronica. Now we got this COVID thing going on. Oh, my. How has it affected you or has it affected you? Did it um, slow down anything? Did it cause you to change any of your techniques or tactics as far as your approach to showbiz? Um, actually, yes. It's been, it's been horrific on musicians and artists. And it's really been sad because we can't perform. Uh, places are closing down. Small businesses, bars, venues, concert places uh, it's just been it's just been really terrible but i mean we keep going we're recording uh new music uh ready to release a new single called lost eventually uh just put out wasteland mm. uh you know we're hopefully working with a new lead guitar player um so you know we're keeping busy but we can't wait to rock with everybody when this is all over with Understood. Um, a lot of us um, performers out here, entertainers, are in the same position. It's um, truly interesting and trying times. Um, you know, one thing um, I um, akin this to is a warrior. In their downtime, I guess when they're not warring, I guess that's when they sharpen their swords. So, like you said, you're working on music, getting the band tightened up, and so forth, getting new members. So, I guess that's um, really good advice for everybody. Nowadays, if like you're an artist or something, work on getting your craft better, you know, fine tune it and stuff, you know. Absolutely. Now, let's get to some questions. As a matter of fact, you touched on one of them. One of my favorite songs, I like all of these songs, but one of them are really, I tell it, Waterfalls. <laughs> That's a really great tune. Did you write Thank that? Thank you. <laughs> I, I did. I write all of our songs mm -hmm. and, um, that one uh, really sits home with me uh, because it, it's personal. Uh, it's about domestic violence, mm -hmm. and uh, it just states that you can overcome anything that, you know, challenges you in your life, any pain, abuse, you know, uh, we keep going. That's the great thing about life itself is that you keep going, you know, you, you just, whatever you go through, you can get through it, you know, sometimes not alone, you know, but for the most part, if you're, you're a strong person, you can get through this. That's so sad. Yeah. Now, your current band members, are they the same as your original band members, or do you have new ones? And the reason why I ask this, because, um, you know, probably as well as I do, or probably even better, a lot of bands, um, they don't stay together for whatever reason, internal <laughs> strife, you know, money, whatever and stuff. So the current band members that you have now, are they the same as your original? Um, when we first started out, it was Kelly Bliss, the guitar player, and myself, mm -hmm. um, because Kelly found me on Reverb Nation and went all the way to Kansas to bring me here to be the singer of the band. Um, and then we started doing this for, I'd say, about a year and a half. And then we uh, went through a lot of different musicians. And finally, now we have uh, Joe Simmons, who is our drummer. Uh, he just lives right down the street from us here in right. Oswego. And then now we also have his son, Damon Simmons, who is our new bass player. So uh, you just have to find the right 
people that will, you know, click with what you're doing. Um, and, you, you know, sometimes you, you just never know. It just happens. You know, you feel it. They feel, you know, and it's like a big family. And um, some musicians, they come in, they want to change things. They want to be the run of the show. And it's like, no, we're all together here. We all have unique uh, and different um, experiences throughout life. And, you know, uh, Damon is only 21 years old. So it's really awesome to have a younger one in our in our midst, uh, in our group, because, you know, um, he can bring a lot to the table for us, you know, because we are, you know, middle-aged. So, you know, it's really fun that, that he likes what we do. And Rock is definitely not dead, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> right, which, which kind of leads to um, one of the questions. Um, I asked um, an artist that you're familiar with, we had Demon Boy on the show. And I asked Yay! him about the, yeah, that's great, right? Yeah, the um, I asked him about um, rock and roll and um, how it's faring now because I've been reading some articles and they were saying that um, eh, I hate to use the word dead, but say um, rock and roll is on a decline, say in America. But I read went on further to read that in Europe, rock and roll is still big as ever and stuff. Um, has this been your experience? Uh, saying do you agree with this? Uh, this um, article that I read or not? Well, I, I would say that, you know, the genres of music always fluctuate. You know, right now it's pop EDM. You know, uh, tomorrow or next year it could be rock and country again. You just you just never know. Um, and, and it's like a roller coaster. But the biggest thing is, is you, you have to remember that 10% is your music and the 90% is business. If you treat yourself, your band, like a business and you promote yourself and market yourself very well, then you succeed. But if you only think, oh, I'm just going to keep putting out music, no one's hearing you. You have to, you have to pay money. It's all about money uh, or you're not going to survive in this business. You have to have a budget for your band. You really have to focus on business because that's what it's all about. Um, and I feel like Rock is coming, I wouldn't say it was dead, but it's coming back because we're getting um, more familiar with how the EDM pop is making it big. And I do have a problem with TikTok. It's uh, the record labels are looking at TikTok right now and signing young artists. That's all well and good, but it's kind of sad for all of us who's worked very hard to have someone get signed on TikTok when they haven't worked hard. They haven't went out there and performed. They haven't done the things that we have had to do to, to be able to even get noticed. So, it, you know, I kind of, I kind of think that's terrible for all of us indie artists who are trying to come up, um, not saying anything bad. It's just, you know, kudos to them for getting on TikTok and making millions, but exactly. are they going to really do good if the label signs them just because they have TikTok views, you know? There's more to it than just TikTok views. Right. Um, it takes right. a lot of time, a lot of experience, a lot of hard work to, you know, even get a song heard. So, yeah, you know. You know, what it, what it sounds like I'm hearing, um, I'm going to put words in your mouth, um, but it sounds like <laughs> I'm hearing that um, it seems like these artists, um, in a sense, haven't paid their dues, haven't been through the fire, so to speak. And it seems like 
I don't know, they're getting ahead of a line, like moving to the head of the line. You know, you got all these other people and they just snatch somebody from the back and put them up front. Um, I can see how that would cause some issues with some people. Like, hey, wait a minute, I've been doing this thing, you know. <laughs> I get that. Now, you mentioned TikTok, and this wasn't on my list of questions. Uh, <laughs> I, I recently signed up with TikTok. I put one video up there. Knowing when, when I went in, that there's been some issues, some things I've been reading on the news uh, pertaining about who owns TikTok and what they may be doing with it, you know, some bad things they may be doing. And I also heard that they may be banning TikTok in America. So um, these guys jumping to the head of the line, that may be a thing of the past, you know. <laughs> Have you heard the same thing? Uh, yes, but I don't think TikTok's going away. I, I you know, I, I've heard that Microsoft, of course, is in the works of purchasing it, but really? I don't okay. feel the record labels are going to allow it to go away because that's where they find, like I said, a lot of their young, you know, streaming TikTok artists. Mm -hmm. My daughter loves TikTok, so she's really upset with this, and she's not very happy with President Trump right now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, wow. yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> not, not, not to talk politics, for God's no, no, sake, but, yeah. you know, it, it, it's really sad. I mean, I, I think it is a thing concerning, you know, our, our data, you know, and our children's data and things like that. But I like TikTok, but, you know, I'm learning about it. You know, we, I signed up for it, but I haven't actually figured it all out yet. Right, so, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I'm trying to get our band on it. Um, but it is towards the younger artists, but never give up. I mean, I put, I put us everywhere because it doesn't matter. Age doesn't matter. My daughter's uh, school friends in 10th, 11th grade, they love our music. So mm -hmm. it just goes to show you, you have to get heard um, right. to the masses. And that's, that's with marketing and promotion. You have to really put it, put into uh, these things to be a business instead of a band, you know, and it's a lot harder nowadays. There's 50 million people who, who are thinking they're a singer or they're an artist or they're a band. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's tough competition. It is, yeah. It's getting thick. I'm glad you mentioned about the age difference because you said um, one of your news band members, Lee said it was a guitar player, a bass player, he said, um, saying, I think he said he's 21 years of age. Um, now, yeah. does he have an old spirit? I mean, how come he seems to like the type of music that you do? Or does he? I mean, I hope he does. Yeah, actually, I mean, yeah, he, I mean, he's up to date with um, what kids are listening to now, but he also likes, like I said, what we're doing, and he um, he is actually working on a, a, a riff for his bass that he presented to us the other day of a new song, and I already wrote lyrics to the new song that he, he did, so um, it's really amazing that he jumped right in, and he's ready to make a song, you know, uh, compose a song, so we're really excited about the things that he can bring forward for our band. And, you know, it's always about, like you said, perfecting your craft and, you know, bringing fresh things into the band and, and, you know, just creating that's, that's the beauty of, you know, art, music, entertainment. I mean, you always have to, you know, stay, try to stay one step ahead. Mm -hmm. Now, speaking of um, <clears throat> youngsters and music, I hear you have a youngster that's a budding violinist. Is this true? <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I mean, with the downtime, she really got bored, uh, my daughter, and 
she's really shy, but she has a beautiful voice. She has like an operatic voice, mm -hmm. and she can sing higher than me. And um, she, she uh, asked me the other day if I would teach her to play the violin. And I've played since the from the third grade to my senior year in high school. So I was really excited that she wanted to learn that. But she she played drums in school in the band. Uh, then she gave it up, but she just got bored with it. Um, and she's very talented. It's like she can do anything, and she excels in it, but she gets bored easily. So uh, I hope that she wants to go into music uh, when she gets older, but I don't want to push her into that. I mean, I would love it, and, and I would be gratified to, you know, have her do this. But I am now teaching her to how to play the violin, so she's really learned fast, and she's working on Twinkle Twinkle Court. That was uh, – you know, the, the easiest thing in when, when I was going to school that right. they taught us. So she, she got it really down real fast. And I'm like, wow. So, you know, she heard an artist. I, I can't remember her first name, but it's Evans, her last name. She's a violinist. And there's a certain song she saw on TikTok. And TikTok she said, again. Mom, I want to play this because it made me cry. It was beautiful. Wow. And I'm like, you want to play that on the violin? Okay. Well, you have to work really hard and keep practicing, 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 and you know, then you can play that someday. So make that your goal. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really excited about it. That's what's up. Now you know what? I'm gonna hit you up for another collaboration, Ronica, because I misunderstood you one time we spoke before about the violins. I thought, <clears throat> excuse me, I thought that both of you guys had just recently took up the violin, so I did you well. Now, it just so happens I have a song called Running Through the Rain, and I always envisioned it with violins. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, not to put you on the spot, you know, just ponder it for a moment. But, um, yeah. Well, I'm a little rusty, but, I mean, you know, I, I will work on it. I can't uh, say I won't do it because right. I love a challenge, but, okay. yeah, it All sounds right. really yeah, I mean, I'll send it to you, and then, you know, if you get to it, you get to it, if not, whatever. Um, but it'll be real cool. Um, speaking of collaborations, thank you. We got you on the podcast. Everybody else um, out there know, Ronica um, Lynn and I did a collaboration on a song that I wrote called Come Back. Ronica um, Lynn's rendition of it, I believe it could be on, found on SoundCloud and Reverb Nation, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. So, yeah, make sure you check out Ronica Lynn's um rendition of come back and speaking of reverb nation <laughs> you mentioned that someone found you um i believe i forgot on um, what position he said in the band um that the guy who found you on reverb nation so if you don't mind talk a little bit about reverb nation and how regardless of what people may think some good things can happen from it because i've met people through reverb nation so right yeah i mean um you know, there's a lot of people that don't like reverb and say, oh, you know, the artists and bands should get their stuff off of reverb, but um, everything has its goods and its bads, you know? I mean, you just have to be careful because money, I mean, it can cost you money to get everything. You know, you go on SoundCloud, you pay for the pro, you pay $19.99 for sound, or Reverb Nation, you pay this, you pay that. It's nickel and diming uh, artists and bands everywhere. But uh, Reverb, you can do the free 
uh, thing, you know, um, with Reverb Nation. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, they help you. They have venues that you can reach out to to try to get bookings. Um, you know, they get you to the masses. They have chart lists of Rest. telling what genre you are, what charts. And um, I didn't know how, when I first started, I didn't know how to get myself heard. So I recorded some cover songs at the time of my voice and just used a little handheld zoom and put it out there on reverb. Um, and that's when Kelly bliss, the guitar player for ridiculous tricks, he got on there and he sent me messages and I was like, Oh my God, this person wants me to be a lead singer in their band. And wow. at the time it was a Christian rock band, um, that him and another guy had had together. And then, um, I was like, I I've never done this. So I just kind of blew him off. And then a year later, he comes back and keeps messaging. And finally, he comes clear down to um, Ohio, where I, I'm originally from. And he brought me back to Kansas. And uh, I came back and forth a couple times. And then here I am, you know, packed up everything, moved up here, or moved here to Kansas. And we started Ridiculous Tricks. That's what's up. Any regrets? Um, any looking back now? <clears throat> Not really. I mean, you know, I, I have kids and grandkids in Ohio, but I, I don't miss Ohio. I mean, I grew up there, right. Um, right. but I haven't been back for like seven years. I've been here in Kansas and, you know, working on the music and everything. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'll eventually go back. And of course, we do want to do some shows in Ohio. Oh, yeah. um, I have a really good friend who owns, she's a bar owner. And uh, I used to spend a lot of time, you know, uh, talking with her and stuff. And she helps artists and bands in the local community in Lancaster, Ohio, where I'm from. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I want to support her and go back there and do shows. And um, that's what's up. What's the name of the venue? Can you mention it? Uh, yeah, well, it's Paul's Nightclub. Um, and it's just a little, you know, she remodeled it and everything. And then, COVID came, so that kind of really hurt, uh, yeah. hurt the business, but she keeps going, and she's owned that for many, many, many years. Um, you know, I can remember when my father used to go in there, so she recognized me right off the rip, because he used to take, she used to have a store on the other side, a little, you know, like a little five and dime little candy store type thing, little grocery store, so we used to go in there, and that's how I ran into her. And she's like, you're Bobby Lutz's daughter. And I'm like, yeah, hi, how are you? You know, so it was really neat that she remembered me when I was a little girl. <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah, it'd be real cool to go back to your hometown, you know, band ridiculous chicks, oh, like a big shot, you know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. I want them to be proud of me, you know, because I, I still claim Ohio and I, you know, I claim Kansas now. So, you know, up. yeah. Now, I understand that. I get that. Um, I get that a lot. A lot myself. Um, well, um, not to make it about me, but when I was in Florida, I was away for about twelve years, and my very first CD that I came out with um, had um, the picture of Albany on it. Now I'm living in Orlando, you know, the happiest right. place on earth, just around the corner from me, Disney. But I'm still repping Albany, even though I'm living in Orlando. <laughs> I understand. That. I love Orlando too. Don't get me wrong and stuff, but right. hometown was always on my mind. So I, I get that. That's great that you're gonna go back and show some love. That's cool. And I like that um, your friend who owns um, the venue, the establishment. She looks out for musicians and stuff, and you know, music artists. That's a good thing. We need a lot yeah. more of that. Okay, now 
Award <laughs> band. Uh, uh, uh. Now, you won a couple of them. Now, I just want to ask you, it doesn't matter where I'm not going to put in the spot, say which was better or anything, but what is it like or what was it like winning award? I mean, um, how did you go about doing that? What was the process? Um, well, you know, they have awards, all different kinds of awards for artists and bands to get uh, into. Um, you know, they, they, uh, Josie Music Awards is a, a pretty big one because Josie uh, was a musician herself. Um, when she was younger, and um, she she's still fairly young, and her and her mother are putting together Josie Music Awards, and it's really growing. Mm -hmm. So we've been in Josie Music Awards for about four or five years now, and the actual year that we couldn't go, we won uh, Song of the Year, Surrender, um, but we did get a beautiful award. It was a beautiful little glass award. I have it. It's still in the box, and um, you know, I was like, I would be really nervous if I had to go up on stage in front of all those thousands of people. But <laughs> I mean, you know, I was like thinking, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? And then we didn't get to go. So it was really heartbreaking, but yeah. we were very excited. And, you know, I mean, not, not to put down awards, but you have to pay. I mean, you have to pay for your hotels, your transportation. So it's not cheap. Right. And I think artists and bands need to recognize that you, oh, you got to get your. <laughs> no, I thought I had it off because <laughs> it happened to me last time. <laughs> and I unplugged that thing. It might be so important. Whatever. But yeah, I just, <laughs> yeah, I just think that, you know, artists and bands need to be very careful about award shows and don't do a whole lot of them because that's money you're taking away from your band budget because. Um, and I'm not going to say it's not worth it. It's good to have a couple awards under your belt, mm -hmm. but the best awards is trying to get that Grammy, you know, or that Emmy yeah. or whatever. I mean, mm. big time. So, you know, that's our goal. <laughs> yeah, I understand. That, that's a good thing, though, that, um, you know, you get in contests like that and win. And like you said, got to be careful about paying for these things. Matter of fact, um, I speak with um, a lot of artists. And I get questions. I don't know how I became an authority all of a sudden, but I get, in, <laughs> you know, I get inbox messages and they say, hey, I'm considering doing something like Afton, some type of pay for play thing or something like that. And, um, uh, I have mixed emotions about them. So basically what I wind up telling people is that as um, long as you go into these things with your eyes wide open, you know, do what you want and stuff, but I also caution people. To me, I liken the whole thing about um, awards and um, pay-to-play and sites like Reverb Nation. I liken them to the um, the gold rush um, that they had back in California. Um, you know, it seems like the only people that really got rich was the ones that were selling pickaxes and shovels, you know, maybe land deeds. <laughs> and it reminds me of the musicians now, you know, we're trying to mine for gold, we're trying to pan for gold, and you have these various places that want to sell us the tools so that we can do it. And it seems like a lot of the artists, frankly, are starving. And these people selling the tools are living large. So that's how it reminds me of that gold rush back in the days and stuff. Yeah, the best thing I can say for anyone who's starting up is, um, and, I, and I, I have to be careful what I say because I don't want to affect the band, but right. I mean, to be honest with you, like we were talking earlier, 
Just be yourself. Put out the music you want to put out. Don't worry so much about being on a record label because artists and bands now are turning away from record labels because we're not making the money. We're the ones that create it and everybody else is getting rich off of it. And I mean, I hate to say that, but it's true. And, you know, they need, the record labels need us as much as we really need them. But, you know, it, it helps with doing, like, if you get signed to a label, do a short deal, a very short deal. Don't do a long deal with them because make a little money and then go from there. Um, I, I'm one to try to change the industry some way, somehow, and I always said they're going to know my name, and I, I hope they do um, because, like I said, nobody notices you until you die, and that's really sad. Then all of a sudden, all the money comes in. It's like, oh, that song became just popular because they died. We want to make it now, yeah. you know, and – like I said, everything you do in this music business is money, 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 money. It's, we can't go record, it's money. We can't go to perform, it's money. Everybody else wants paid, but we, us, the artists, bands, we don't get payment. And it's okay to do non, you know, like um, cancer benefits or veterans things and all that. But don't do so many. You know, do a few free but after that you know you can only do so much i mean um and what keeps us going is our fans mm. and we love them yes. because if it weren't for them they inspire us they push us to do better and to want to be the best that we can be and um so what i'm basically saying is everybody's going towards their own boba flex made it and i love boba flex mm -hmm. they've they've not signed with the record label they're on their own they've done it for right. many years um there's just many artists and bands out there that are saying we're fed up we're tired somebody needs to listen to us and we're gonna you know we're gonna do this on our own you'll make more money because it's all going in your pocket not everybody else's exactly um, and if you're looking for a manager don't look for a manager until you have things going for you. Like if you have a lot of shows and I'm talking a lot, I mean, record labels are looking for you to do at least 300 or more shows a year. So if you're not doing that, don't bother getting a manager. You can't afford to pay them. You know, managers have to take at least 10% of what you're making. And if you're not making, then don't bother getting a manager, be your own manager. Um, you know, connect with people, call other bands and say, Hey, you know, do you want to do a show together? And that's how it starts, you know, go to places and start handing out your band cards to each other's bands and everybody. I feel like if we'd all unite, we can become one conglomerate record label and take over the whole business. But yeah. <laughs> I might get killed for saying, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but things have to change. And, you know, right now it's like streaming, streaming, streaming they're all pushing us to stream, but who's making the money? Uh, the record labels. Whoa. It's not the artists and bands. It's the record labels. Right. And, you know, they say nobody's buying CDs anymore. Fans, please, please like our pages, uh, buy our CDs and albums and things like that. And our merchandise, because that's how we make the money. It, you're it, when you're streaming, you're just making it for the, the record labels. Uh, I know Universal just made, or they just purchased uh, Spotify. 
Uh, so who's that going to benefit? Certainly right. not the indie artists. I mean, it's exactly. all about money. And I don't want to get sued, so Universal, please don't sue. <laughs> <laughs> please don't. But I read that, so right. in an article. So, um, now, you know. You, yeah. you, know, you speaking of, you gave out management tips. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, that's one of your qualifications. You're also a band manager. Um, do people, as manager, when a, some, an artist looking for a manager, do you have to come up with any uh, money out of your pocket up front for a manager? No. Um, you just pick somebody in your band that has a – I mean, all of us have pretty level heads, and we're very intelligent. Mm -hmm. uh, Joe's going to college online, and so is Damon. You know, Kelly's got a lot of experience under his belt, and so do I. Mm -hmm. um, I. I do a lot of research on the music industry, and I try to stay up to date with everything and the new trends. Uh, you don't really have to pay anybody in the band to do that. Uh, you just pick somebody that you feel comfortable with that's going to take care of things for the whole band mm -hmm. uh, because a lot of times uh, artists and bands don't like to they just like to create they don't like to deal with the business side of it yeah. so that's basically why we're going downhill is because they're not wanting to do the business side of it as I mentioned earlier yeah you have to you have to keep promoting you have to keep pushing you have to keep hustling you know that's the great thing about hip-hop and EDM artists they hustle a lot and the sad part is, is honestly, they have to play, they have to perform a lot of times free or pay to play because it's like they don't have a certain area that accepts them uh, for their genre. I can't explain it, but it's just, um, you know, we've done shows with some hip hop artists and we had a blast. We had a great time. And we mixed the rock with the hip hop. So it was really cool to have different blended audiences and that actually liked what we did. So, um, you know, they really hustle hard and that's how they're making it because they're hustling their business, their business etiquette. Uh, so what I'm saying to all you rockers and country folks and all that business hustle, push it, you know, you can do this. You just gotta, you know, find the right, people to get involved with, um, you know, spend your money wisely on promotion and marketing. And there's so many out there. There's so many fraud scams and you have to be really careful. We've ran into many we've learned, but you'll still learn because there's so many new scams out there. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're quick to take your money because we want to, you know, be heard. And so they know that we're kind of gullible and uh, yeah. I've learned a lot. <laughs> but that doesn't say I'm not going to run into somebody else who's going to take advantage of us, you know? Exactly. And speaking of that, I'm going to turn it all around. And Brian, you are also an artist musician. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, uh, like I've listened to you and I've watched, you know, you growing as a musician artist. And um, now you have the Yanbar podcast. So, you know, I just think it's really neat to... Um, be talking with you when we've known each other for quite a long time, never met, right. um, but we, we did collab and everything. And uh, I just think it's, you know, we need to give you props for, you know, coming a long way. Uh, artists and musicians are very intelligent and um, you know, it's not that we just know music and this isn't just a hobby for us. We love what we do, you know? And um, 
So, yeah. Yeah, that's what's up. Now, tell us something, Ronica. We uh, touched on streaming, and we touched on COVID and people not being able to perform. How do you feel about performances via streaming? Well, I, you know, as I said earlier, um, streaming is kind of a joke because we're not making the money from it, you know? Um, and we, we don't like to put our music out there on Facebook Live or anything like that because you're giving away too much free. You, you need to get artists and band or art, I mean, fans, excuse me. You need to get fans to come see you. We're kind of like um, ZZ Top, how they did it back in the day. You know, they, they had high raves, but they never put too much of themselves out there, only their music. And that made people want to be interested in who they are. So they came to their concerts. Um, there's too much we're putting out there for free when we need to have, you know, start marketing and doing better business and make people want to know who we are. If you're putting out so many singles and albums all the time, they're going to get bored with that. Give them a chance to like that one song that you just released and wait a couple months and then put out another one. But, you know, artists and bands are just doing this craziness in there and they're doing so much streaming, putting their stuff. And the audio a lot of times is horrible. I mean, they're recording themselves live and in their living rooms or whatever. And, the sound is terrible. So it's not to say they're a terrible band. It's just that's what your fans are hearing right now. And, you know, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't. I would not do that. I would just keep interacting in certain ways. And if you can get a professional sound person and maybe rent a venue or something just to do a live performance, then do that. But don't, don't do it on your phones um, because it makes you look bad. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, that's some good advice. And Ronica, um, audience, <clears throat> that's another thing. I think when we spoke before, um, we talked about the audience not being there and how they're like a really big part of everything, how an artist <laughs> and audience feed off of one another. We'll talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, um, I think, well, we love to rehearse um, together uh, with the COVID. It's been kind of, you know, we just have Damon come down and rehearse with Kelly, learning the bass parts and things like that. Because um, you have to be very careful with the COVID. I think it's tough for comedians and artists and bands and everybody to try to do things without an audience. But uh, in that sense, you're like an actor. You know, you're acting and trying to perform with no audience. <laughs> it's like, right. That's a good way of looking at it. That's where, uh, that's yeah, and when, when you rehearse, you want to rehearse like you're actually on stage. Don't just stand there and, you know, do your parts and everybody just plays the songs to, to rehearse. You want to actually, like, come out and, how's everybody doing and all this stuff and just really act like you're performing live to an audience. Uh, do the best you can. It's It's... Not a, it doesn't give you that oomph, and you can't really like fill the music with the audience because the audience is what inspires you to push you to make you like, you know, woo, you know, yeah, you know, really excited, and that makes you be a better performer. So we love our audience, and we can't wait to get out there and perform again. You know, yeah, so. you know, um, I used to hear on um, things like that. You know, sports analogy. Um, 
the home team advantage or home field advantage. <laughs> and, you know, I used to kind of dismiss that. I'm like, a hoop's a hoop's a field a field. Who cares? But having the crowd behind you really does make a difference. And I found that out you know, in my limited experience with performing. Um, sometimes I can get a crowd that just stands, sits there and just looks at me like I did something <laughs> to them. You know, like, hey, I didn't do anything wrong you guys, you know. And then some crowds are just so open and friendly and warm and receptive. And uh, I really like that a lot. And it makes me feel great. And I think it adds <laughs> to the performance and just to the whole evening. Yeah, you never know. Uh, you know, whatever show you go to, you never know how it's going to go. You never know, and especially being an all-original band and we do all-original music because I'm not going to say we refuse to do cover songs, but I personally don't like to do cover songs because I, I feel like those artists have made their living and had to work very hard. And even though, yes, when you do cover songs after you – like if you sell so many of that cover, it goes, you know, pennies on the dollar to the artist who actually did it. Okay. I just feel like people need to hear things, new things, you know. And, um, you know, I love listening to a lot of the old, uh, older artists in the 70s and 80s and things like that. But I also like fresh new things. And I think people need to give indie artists a chance and listen to us because, you know, a lot of it is, a, you know, something they'll really like. Uh, and, and there's bad ones, but there's also good ones, and you, you just never know. But when you're going to a, do a show, you have to just kind of, you know, check out the crowd, see how things are going, pump them up in the beginning, and, you know, then they'll, you know, hopefully like something that you did. Um, and and if not, it's an experience that you need to do something better, you know? Exactly. Uh, so yeah, learn it, from that. Yeah, absolutely. Right. right. Um, now, oh, before you had um, touched on Merck, <laughs> uh, Merch rather, I keep calling it Merck, I don't know why, but you can touch on Merch. Where can people purchase your music and a Merch that you may have? Um, we're, we're on Spotify, iTunes, Apple, um, you know, just all those places, mm -hmm. you know, and on our Facebook, I'm working on our Facebook uh, Merch shop and on our website. I'm trying to redesign our website. I have to do all that. So oh, you <laughs> I'm working on it. And um, as soon as we get that up and running, you know, we'll have really awesome t-shirts. We have a song called get you some, and um, uh, we want to put that logo everywhere on our, our, you know, clothing. And cause I think it would be really cool. Get you some ridiculous tricks. So, yeah. you know, uh, and we're going to try to tr kind of like trademark that to our name. So, uh, you know, we're working on a lot of new things, a lot of new merch and mm -hmm. um, just, you know, we're trying to just always be better than we was. So we're incorporating like a lot of different things, a lot of different, you know, connecting with different people and companies and things like that so that we can be better. Mm -hmm. That's it. Um, now you mentioned, um, what is it? Um, genres. Now, when I was reading in the Bible and so forth and other um, press on you, you, you build yourself as a, a rock group, if I'm not mistaken, and, um, but also so alternative. And here's the thing I um, was curious about, <laughs> the southbound flavor. Right? What is the southbound flavor? <laughs> What's that about? 
the, to me, the Southbound flavor is that, you know, a record label wants you to, wants an artist or band to claim themselves as one genre, like pop or EDM or hip hop or rock or alternative. Um, so all of our music is rock based, but we have some blues songs. We have, you know, some Southern rock songs. We have some country sort of songs and, I mean, we, we do alternative hard rock, alternative metal. We have a little bit of everything, but the majority of our songs are based rock. Mm -hmm. So that's what we say is we're rock or I'll say rock alternative. Um, because, I mean, I, I have an old school, sultry, bluesy rock sound to my vocals. Yes. Uh, I've been, uh, you know... Uh, People say I've I sound similar to like a little bit of Janis Joplin rap, raspiness mm -hmm. to Hart's uh, Ann Wilson's voice and mm -hmm. uh, just different people. So and, and it's a huge um, honor. I mean, I'm really excited that I can be um, you know compared to those icons. But um, then again, I have my own sound. So right. you know, we just do a, a whole different thing and it's something different it's something new and you know we we love to uh, create things that not everybody else is doing um so that's where the southern you know southbound flavor comes in <laughs> no, no, excuse me um so i'm still not clear what what is southern rock i mean i should have looked it up or something but i'm just thinking what what makes it southern is it the instruments or topics or uh i feel like southern rock is sort of like a a country type rock it's like a country rock that you know they're coming up with all new genres and <laughs> like little nas you know he he came up with uh, you know the genre that people were like what is that because <laughs> they didn't want to classify him as country you know and all this they had this big thing about it so they wanted to you know classify him as what i think it was hip-hop and stuff and i'm like yeah it wow. was kind of tough classifying him with that too they, they, <laughs> they're like poor but, guy ain't nowhere to go and stuff yeah but it's great because you know i feel like when you make music you know you give yourself bigger room to be able to be on, like we can be on a rock station, a hard rock station, a metal station, alternative station, Southern rock, a little bit of country blues. I mean, we, we put our songs on that match the radio stations of what genres they do. So it kind of gets you out there everywhere, you know, and if people come to your, you know, your pages and they like what they heard with the say blues rock, then they might like what you did with an alternative song or, you know, it just gives people a big variety. So it's not to classify us as one, one absolute genre. I mean, we'll always be rock, but it has different twists to it. Should yeah. I say? That's what's up. It takes out, Ronica. and trying to start no trouble, but <laughs> it seems like since you wear so many hats in this band, do you get a larger slice of the pie? Actually, um, that's kind of funny you said that. Uh -oh. because, um, you know, I, I have a big heart and I love doing what I do. Mm -hmm. And I want us to make it, you know, and I really work very hard. People just don't realize what, what I do to try to make it. But no, I've always given, like, I don't take money for when we do shows. I make sure to split it 
with the band members because without them, mm-hmm. I feel like I, I mean, I know I could do it, but I preferred to have them with me and they, they're, you know, they're my family, they're my unit. And I, I love being with them to perform all of this together. Mm-hmm. So I always try to make sure that they're taken care of. And someday, you know, like they say, you know, everything you do, it's tenfold. Well, I can get that later on. Hopefully it'll come tenfold back to me. Right. So, right. you know, I mean, I just, I care. So it's just and hard to that's a good thing. You know, it's um, one of the things, uh, coming back to me again, it's one of the things I was always hesitant about um, <clears throat> as far as management. And the only experience I really had with management was movies that I watched. And it was always a mean manager that would do side deals and make <laughs> money and just leave the band hanging. So anytime someone approached me with manager stuff, you know, like, eh, I don't know about that, you know. had to think about it some. But um, is there a way that a person... <laughs> A music artist, whoever can, um, or anybody in the film, some kind of entertainment, whatever, any um, way they, any warning signs um, or signs for a good manager, bad manager, anything a person to look out for? Well, I mean, like I said, you never know. You do a lot of research on that manager, that management company to see kind of the reviews and, you know, what, what they've offered to their other artists, see if their artists are going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the bad thing about like indie labels and, and honestly record labels. They have tons of artists and they're not doing anything with them. They're just letting them sit there. And it's really sad because it's like, you know, let them be heard, you know, do something for them or help them, you know, don't just let them sit there on your, your, you know, your list and it, okay, they're there. You know, you got to do a lot of things. You got to, get endorsements and, you know, sync licensings that, you know, try to get them in their music into films and, you know, uh, get them shows, bookings and things like, like I said, if everybody works together as a unit, Mm -hmm. when you have a manager, PR, publicist, whatever, marketing, when everyone works together as a business, it all works because everybody's doing parts to try to help each other grow. Mm -hmm. And, if, if these labels are just getting names because they want to look good, it's really sad. So you have to really do some research on that manager and always make sure to tell them you want to print out every month of your, what all's coming in and out financially. And they have to give it to you. I mean, if they don't, then you know that something's going on. They're skimming off the top or whatever. And I'm not going to say there's not really good management companies out there, managers. There really is. You just have to be careful with everything else, just like record labels or whatever. You have to be careful. And and these are really trying times. So everybody's trying to get the jump on everyone. So it's exactly now, um, as far as, um, do you, um, do you think is wise or even, um, financially doable, for um you know an artist starting out to perhaps get an entertainment lawyer you should always have an entertainment lawyer and um don't just get a regular lawyer it has to be entertainment because they have to know all the legalities of what's in a contract mm-hmm. and you're you're going to be on your safe you know it's, you're going to play it safe if you get an attorney for entertainment lawyer for any dealings that you do because you know, 
you know, these young bands coming up, they don't do contracts. Let's say we're going to use, use a booking agency we've never known before. Mm-hmm. And they send us over a contract and we're going to sign it uh, for a booking. But if you don't have an entertainment lawyer to look that over to make sure everything's legit, mm-hmm. you know, the booking agency might take, uh, you know, a big portion. By the time you get there, you're not going to get paid anything. Or, you know, it's just uh, all different kinds of things. So it's really important that you always have an entertainment lawyer. And uh, sometimes they'll just be nice enough to look over a a contract for you. Or they might uh, help you figure out where to get. A lot of times you can get contracts and things on Google. If you Google search things and you can print out your own contracts. Or you can make one up and print it out and utilize that for everything. But Always check with an entertainment lawyer to make sure you put everything in there to protect you and your band. Right. And trademark trademark your name. Mm -hmm. You know, it it costs a little bit of money, but trademark your name. Always copyright your your music. Always, you know, sign up or register with a PRO company, performing rights organization like BMI, ASCAP, CSAC, SOCAN, whatever, um, because you're protecting yourself from anyone stealing your music, uh, taking your ideas, things like that. Even if you are a songwriter or you write poetry, that can become a song. So register, go to BMI.com, go to ASCAP.com. You know, you always have to protect yourself. Documentation is the key to everything. Right. I'm glad you mentioned that too. Um, For anyone, um, you know, checking out the podcast that may be into poetry or you know someone that's a poet, another way to get your work out there is perhaps see an artist that can convert it into a song because I actually done that. I know someone that had a poem and, uh, you know, put it to music. So, um, yeah, that's a good um, idea for people out there doing poetry or flowetry, whatever they call it nowadays. Let's see what other questions we got for you, Annika. Fun, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, is. Oh, before we get to these and stuff, there was something else I wanted to ask you about. When, um, when uh, you go on, um, I, I guess go on tours, you guys tour and stuff. Um, how do you guys like? All right, let me put it to you this way I heard about it's easier for younger folks to go on the tour because they don't mind getting up these weird hours. Um, one guy said they don't mind eating peanut butter um, sandwiches, breakfast, <laughs> lunch, and dinner and stuff. How is it um, touring with you, you know, when you guys was touring? Did you find it difficult? Did you find it something enjoyable? What do you think about the experience of touring? I'm like a kid in a candy store. Age doesn't matter to me. We all have fun. I mean, we crack up on the road. Uh, we have a van, and sometimes we've slept in the van Um, we pull over at truck stops. We love the truckers. They keep us safe. We pull over and sleep behind a semi or whatever with our van so that we're safe, crack the windows. I mean, we hardcore it. Um, that we love it. And, you know, if you got room, take a cooler with you full of, um, you know, healthy snacks and just, you know, some sandwiches and food that's cheap that you can put in there and, uh, eat along the way. It's a lot cheaper. Um, I'm a budgeter, so we, we just do things, you know, very cheaply. But I don't, I don't feel just because you're older you can't go out and tour because, like I said, I, we love it. I mean, we live for it. I love going to different places and experiencing all the neat stuff they have and the different venues and all that good stuff. Right. <clears throat> now, how long um, 
I'm saying a lot of these venues, they go on, um, they can be late. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Because I know me, I start getting a little oh, sleepy, like around maybe eight or nine o'clock <laughs> and stuff, you know. And some of these venues, you know, they can, I don't know, 12, 1, 2. And um, I don't know, this seems like it'll be rough to try to do that night after night. Because if I'm not mistaken, I think I heard you say artists need to be doing at least about 300 shows a year. Um, would that be several a day? Or are we talking about every day doing a show? Well, I mean, you know, you, a lot of us, you know, have jobs and things. So, you know, you can't just go out there and do it. You know, if you can do weekend shows, try to do. All I'm saying is make sure that you try to do as many shows as you can. You may not make it to that 300 mark, right. but try to try to set a goal and say, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Um, you always have to, you know, make goals for yourself and, um, you, you know, try to, I mean, if somebody asks you to perform, go, you know, or like I said, reach out to artists and bands in your town or anywhere and say, hey, you know, we're looking to do a show. Do you guys want to do a show or can we, can you add us to a show? Um, and everybody's willing to work together. You know, it just, it just depends on, you know, the area and what you're doing or, you know, what it's going to pay. You know, a lot of times they, you know, do door which, which is a door split. And a lot of places want to do five or six bands, four, five, six bands. Don't do it. You're not going to make anything. I mean, unless you can bring the crowd, right. you know, because you're going to play for nothing. Uh, we've done that many times where we've did door split and got absolutely nothing. But then, the, you know, we've done door splits that we've actually made some money on. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just, you got to be very careful. And, as you go along, like to where we are, you have to, t you know, there has to be a compromise. So, you know, we're not really doing a whole lot of free shows. We're saying you have to pay us a, a certain flat fee plus the door or a flat fee to, for us to perform because we're at that level that, you know, it's not saying we're better than other bands. It's just saying we've done this long enough and we just can't, you know, it's costing, you know, and, I can't tell you the thousands of dollars and I'm talking thousands that we put into this band touring and doing shows all over the United States. Mm -hmm. And uh, for instance, I'll tell you when we first started out a couple years ago, you know, because we, we've been in this for seven, eight years. Um, we actually did a show in Florida two two nights of the shows and we got paid hot dog chips and pop. Ooh. Had to pay for our own travel expenses, our, you know, our own food uh, and everything and didn't get paid. And it was from, I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw the company out there. Right, but, right. And, and it was because we didn't, we didn't do contracts, you know, so it's a lesson learned. You know, we've been through a lot of different things and you have to learn. So I'm trying to let these new artists and bands coming up out, you know, they're like, Oh God, we got to do all that. Yes, you do. Because if not, these are the things that's going to happen to you. Trust me. And it might happen more than you think if right. you don't right. get prepared. Um, because a garage band that goes out there and you think you're a garage band, want to go out to play and a few shows for 50 bucks, you're hurting all of us that want to try to get a decent, you know, pay because you're just going out there and playing, you know, and it, and it's like 
treat yourself as a business. You're a band. You're an artist. If you go out there and just play with your guitar or whatever, you should still get paid. Don't do it for free. Mm. You know, we've got to change the system. We've got to change people's minds and say, we are worthy to get paid for what we do because this isn't easy. You know, you know, you're, you're performing ahead of time, rehearsing all the time. You put money into the band as far as buying equipment, you know, uh, working on things, promotion, marketing, you know, like buying your merchandise CDs and things so that you can have them for, you know, nowadays they're saying, you know, nobody's buying CDs. We've been to shows and people's bought a lot of t-shirts and CDs from us. So I don't know what the music industry is trying to say. It's all streaming, you know, go to those streaming sites and, you know, download streams. Don't do that. Purchase that merchandise from the actual artist. And that's how we'll get paid because otherwise you're paying the label or other companies who are distributing your songs. Uh, and it's a sad process. So right. we, we as artists and bands, I'm saying purchase that music, purchase those you know, you know, merchandise because you're helping the bands mm -hmm. and, um, you know, we love you. Yeah, you're right. Now you think about them. <laughs> yeah, since they said they're not using CDs, that's fine. So what's the next medium that we're using? Um, thumb drives? <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, they have USB already. <laughs> yeah. They have USB that people can download a few songs, bands and artists are doing. They stick it in their computer and voila. Yeah. Okay, if if people want to get into the robotic stage, <laughs> I want everybody to know this. Mm -hmm. Do you want to go see someone sitting there just pushing a little button on a box? And that's a band for you. That's what a lot of these artists and stuff to get heard, they're doing the new electronic stuff where they're going on the computer making their music and don't have to go anywhere. Right. Um, and it's really sad because... Now we're losing the arts in school. We're losing the music and the bands and the orchestras in school because nobody wants to fund them. These kids are not learning to play an instrument because all you got to do is download a program. The only people you're making rich with that is these programs that you're downloading. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just say Mac Pro. I don't know some of these, you know, because we don't do it. Uh -huh. um, you know, and if, if you go in a studio, what do they do? They have a program that you're paying buku bucks for mm -hmm. to the studio to record you and digitalize everything. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not trying to knock a studio, but if you know how to record yourself and it sounds really great, do that first and put it out there because right. you're paying all this money to somebody who paid for that little down, download that you could have done yourself right. and make your own right. money. Yeah. So, so the question is, is this what your band does? You and your band do? You guys record your own stuff? We, um, we, Waterfalls actually was recorded by Red Cat Recording Studio, Luke Wallace. We love him. Mm -hmm. He's doing great. Um, you know, and no disrespect to Luke, what he does. Right. Um, he's really right. good at it. Um, but yes, Kelly, uh, he does all the mixing and mastering of our songs mm -hmm. and, um, you know, right now we're comfortable with that. I mean, we had issues in the past where he didn't bump up my vocals or something like that. But the fans came back and said, hey, we can't hear you. You know, so we changed that throughout the years. Right. Um, 
and like I said, you get better at what you do. So, but you might want to send it to a couple people that you can trust with their opinion um, before you release it and say, do you hear anything that we need to do better on it or fix it or whatever? But for the majority to save money, it's best to do your own home studio or whatever because well, yeah. you're, you're making everybody else money instead of your band or you, yourself. Yeah. And you got to think about this. Yeah, if robots take over, yeah, if robots take over our, our world and our lives, which they're trying to push, like with electronic cars and all this stuff, What's going to happen with us? They don't need us anymore. What are you going to do? Put us in concentration camps <laughs> yeah. uh, because we can't do anything anymore. We can't cook because, oh, there's a robot. We can't play an instrument. Oh, because there's a little robot or a box. Yeah. People, you're doing this to yourselves. Right. Stop it. Yeah. Keep it going with human interaction in factories, everywhere. I mean, anything you do, human interaction, because if you let this stuff happen, it's going to happen. And it may happen whether we like it or not, which right. it's doing that and it's going towards that way. But if we stop it, then they can't do it as fast. And, you know, who's going to be making the money? The government and the robots. The companies <laughs> made the robots. So Exactly. Yeah. I have a lot to say, but, you know, like I said, you've got to be careful what you say because there's always somebody out there saying, Oh, she don't know what she's talking about. Or they have an idea. You, you have your opinion, and that's good. Everybody has an opinion. You have that right, and kudos to you. Mm -hmm. I'm saying this is the things that I sit back and think about because I'm, I'm like an empath, and I feel the world. I feel the pain. I see the things that are going on in the world, and it's like, are people that blind to not see all these things that are happening around us? Oh, that's right, because we're all stuck to our phones and our computers, and we're not watching what's happening around us. Mm -hmm. And that's the way the government wants it. That's the way, you know, they want us to be is like zombies on these computers and phones. And we're not going out there and enjoying the world. We're not seeing that we are having issues with, you know, the weather and the conditions of the world. And, you know, we stop that, you know, we're not taking our kids to do things. Well, we have COVID right now, but it's just right. the idea. Right. It doesn't take anything to take your children down a little path in the woods mm -hmm. to enjoy or take them down fishing to a lake or, you know, walk in the yard and have a great time. I mean, when we were kids, what did we do? Mom said, get out of the house. We went outside yeah. playing. Exactly. These kids yeah. nowadays, it's like, oh my God, I don't have internet. I don't know what to do. You know, oh, I can't watch TikTok. You know, and it's like, hello, you know, there's a big world outside, you know, let's, let's go out. You know, I tried to tell my daughter, let's go out and do something. You know, what do you want to do? We can walk around the block. We can go to the park, you know, things like that. So it's always usually like, eh, why? Because you're lazy. Yes, she's lazy. <laughs> you know, I hate to say that, but these kids nowadays, no offense, are lazy. Period. Lazy. And definitely grew up in a different world and stuff. Um, yeah. You know, um, a lot of the, matter of fact, I was thinking the other day, one of the things we used to do for fun, it's kind of pathetic, but um, we used to look through that big, thick phone book. You know, that big, thick phone book we used to give out the days. And we used to just go through it, looking through names and notice how people had the same names. And for some reason, that was fun. And then, of course, going out, playing in hide and seek and blah, 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 and all these other kind of games. But yeah, a lot of things were more physical back 
back then. We just didn't have um, the distractions, you know, like you said, the internet and right. all that. So, um, yeah, a lot of things we had to do were physical. Now, um, I don't know, I want to say like sour grapes, or is it just like, um, are we like people from a previous generation and saying, oh, you youngsters, you don't know what's going on, you don't know what's good for you and stuff? Or what do you think? Uh, no, I would say kids are very intelligent nowadays because they advance. You know, they're more advanced as far as being on the computers, learning about the world. A lot of times we don't pay attention to what exactly they do know. So I'm not knocking these kids nowadays. Right. I'm saying, you know, they're, they're lazy as far as hard labor mm -hmm. because you can't get a kid to go out there and, and cut down a tree or mow the grass or whatever. It's, oh, we got to do everything electronically. So they don't know how to do anything because, you know, there there's kids that do farm work and things like that, but very few anymore. I mean, um, I just think we've lost touch with family and learning about our children, paying attention to them because, you know, I've seen it where women have had their little kids and they're not paying attention to them. And I'm thinking, oh my God, they're going to get into something because she's on her phone. Mm -hmm. So it's like, hello, lady, you know, wake up. Your kid's going to go. <laughs> right. It's like, wow. Um, it, it's crazy times in a crazy world, but we can change all that. It's that's, I went off Facebook for a little over a month and I felt I better than I ever felt, <laughs> you know, and for one thing, sitting here 24 hours a day, seven days a week on the computer, like I was doing for a lot of, lot of years, right. promoting right. the band, doing all this stuff, it causes health issues. Not to say that I have any, but, I mean, it can really do damage to you. If you're not getting up, like, every hour and walking around and doing things, it can cause a lot of damage for, you know, people. And right. kids, their bones get stiff, whether they're young or not. I mean, it can cause, you know, different things. So try to, you know, walk around the house, um, do a little bit of exercise, walk around and, you know, walking is good. It keeps you energetic or, or sit and do little motions and things with your arms right. and legs, stretch them out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No matter what age you are, because right. that's a lot of time to be sitting it is. and it's, it's just not good. We need to get out there and be healthier. And, um, I'm working on healthy, you know, being healthier. Um, and, uh, I'm, trying to work on a, a little watching what I do and eat and things like that now. And, um, you know, I'm not going to be the next Adele, kudos <laughs> to who's all the weight, but, and I, and that's her choice. I don't care that she lost the weight. Um, I just can't wait to hear her voice, you know, cause I'm, I miss her songs. Uh, I, I'm a huge fan of Adele. I yeah. love her to death. And, um, you know, I mean, everybody deserves to be healthy and um but you can be heavy and be healthy so that's true too I, and yeah. and don't ever think that you're too old or you're too heavy to be you know an icon in the music industry mm -hmm. the record labels want you to think that because it's all about sex sex sells yes it does um but i think we need to go back to stop showing your whole body you know i always heard that you know my dad always said um, give somebody something to, to think about. And if you're showing all of yourself, then they see everything. You're, you know, you're going to, they're going to get bored with you. Right. So, you know, don't, 
be classy. Don't, um, because to me, I want to be an icon for all the young ladies and, and the guys to say she's classy and we don't have to dress like a hooker to be noticed. Mm -hmm. Um, because that's the way it's going. It's there, you know, the record labels are looking for young faces, mm -hmm. young bodies that they can make look like God knows what. And mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, I can show you my stuff. I'm not afraid. Right. If you want that, I'll show it to you. Mm -hmm. But I'd prefer not to because I, you know, I want to be an icon for these younger, younger generation. I want to be an icon for all these women out here that don't have to feel like they got to dress a certain way to get noticed. Um, you, you are beautiful no matter who you are. Um, you know, it's uh, well, leave something to the imagination. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. And um, you're right, though. That's good, though. I see a lot of it. Now, I'm not going to try to say like, you know, um, like uh, beyond <laughs> it, because I, I like women. I, you know, they're going to show me. I'm going to look, you know, I'm just saying, but, you know, like, he's trying to keep something, like I said, leave something for the imagination. Now, right. now there's another thing. Um, he's talking about how people they um they tend to um like the newer generation I said it um they tend like to be as um physical as we are and I was just thinking well one way they can get some exercise is dancing to your music I said that's what absolutely I used to love to dance you know uh -huh. years ago I used to love going around the house and just dancing all day while I'm doing the housework or whatever and you know I'm getting going back to that you know because that is you lose a lot of weight dancing and I love dancing and I don't know if you've noticed, but if you go out to the bars or anything, well with the COVID you can't do it now, but when, when we were going to the bars and things, mm -hmm. it's like now people wait until like 11 or so 1130 to go out, go out anywhere. And then, you know, they drink before they get there. So they don't have to spend so much at the bar. Yeah. And, and then, Nobody's dancing because everybody's too busy on their phones. Mm -hmm. I love to dance, and I'm one that will get up there, and I'll dance all night because I love it. I don't care what song you put on. I'm dancing to it, you know, because I love to have fun, and I love to dance. And I'll be sweating, and my hair's all, you know, flat and everything. I just love it, and I think it's great exercise. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's like music is to expressing it's like a whole new world when you're dancing. You just, you're, you know, when, when I dance, I'm just in a whole nother world because I just love it. I, I can't say enough about it. Now, check this out. When Ronica Lynn listens to music, <laughs> besides your own music, who do you right? listen to? Um, I like all kinds. I mean, I even like some of the pop songs that they have nowadays. Um, I, I'm not going to list any any particular artist no, okay, yeah. honestly the newer ones I really don't know their names <laughs> okay. uh -huh. now you ask me about the 70 80 classic rock and stuff like that or or you know some of the real big icons like I said Adele Christina Aguilera people like that I'm going to know their names but the newer ones I have no clue who they are yeah um, takes a little while and then see if they're going to stick around yeah, yeah kind well, of like phone numbers nowadays. People say, "Hey, here's my news numbers." I said, "I'm not gonna try to memorize another number so to put in my phone." You're just gonna get another phone, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I kind of right. understand that. 
I mean, I try to learn from my daughter, you know, because she listens to the certain little, I call it, no offense, chipmunk music. Uh, some, of these, some of these pop singers sound like little robotic chipmunk. Yeah. Like, I'm like, what <laughs> are they saying in that song? Come on. You can't yeah. even understand it, but it's cute. You know, yeah. it's cute. I, yeah. if, if, kudos to them. That's their beef. They like it, whatever. Yeah. You know, I have no, no, nothing with that. I love all music, and I try to educate myself with the newer music. And, and uh, you know, sometimes we can incorporate some of what we do with some of the newer stuff because, you know, a lot of people are putting pop into everything, you know, like, pop rock, pop country, yeah, yeah. whatever. A lot of people don't like that because, you know, they like the who's going to fill that shoes in the country, and I understand that, but times have changed. You know, we're we're mixing up all genres, and that's what's making it, unique and um the back in the day thing is a good thing to a point with your music but then you've got to move on to something new exactly you know <clears throat> one of the examples and it just occurred to me i tried to um post about it on facebook but that typing and i have to condense what i'm saying i don't really get my message across point across but one thing i noticed like um i think music from the 20s or 40s um what's that song um I'm just a gigolo and everywhere I Oh, go. yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah, and you know, David made a, David Lee Ruff, I think he made a remake of it. Um, but that original song, when I listen to it, I mean, I still listen to stuff from back then. But not so much that I like it, but I'm just curious about it. And one thing I noticed that that cadence, that style of music, that just a gigolo, you know, I'm like, that was popular back then. I mean, they loved it. You know, the number one jam. But if right. you're trying to get somebody to like it now, they're like, oh, no, you know, it's something that changes in people <laughs> where what we like, you know, right. just changes radically. Because, you know, I'm not sure about the time periods, but I know that song had to give away probably like to the Big Bopper or something, you know, rock around <laughs> the clock tonight, you know, totally right. different sound. Totally different. Right. And I imagine that the same thing is kind of happening with people from my generation. I'm listening to the songs I grew up with. I'm saying, this song is fine. How come you don't like it? I can't understand it. But then like, <laughs> maybe my music sounds like Josh the Jiggle. Oh, I can't take it. So maybe that's what's happening. Somehow things change, sensibilities change, tastes change, and perhaps I'm unaware of it. I don't see it happening and stuff. But somewhere it happened. Because like um, the things they're listening to now with that auto-tune, you know, I'm not a big fan of that. I oh, like don't that. get me started with auto-tuning. <laughs> I like it when Roger did it. Back in, um, I think it was the 90s or 80s or something. I think it was the 80s, perhaps, when a group called Cher Roger. did it. Yeah, a lot yeah, of people. That, that was cool. I didn't mind it then. But then somehow it just became too much. So T-Pain, I didn't mind when he did it. You know what I'm saying? But then it just became too much and stuff. And so I'm like wondering, is it just me and I'm just old-fashioned? You know, maybe the times pass me by. No, I. Everybody, I mean, all these songs are starting to sound the same. Mm -hmm. When they do that auto tuning, you sound like a friggin' robot. You sound like you're in a fishbowl, mm -hmm. and everybody starts sounding the same. Mm -hmm. uh, you, if you listen to a lot of pop songs, you're gonna hear too much of that box, you know, or, yeah. or whatever, and. I'm sorry, but I feel like people are wanting the realness of everything and they need 
to go back to that where they can actually hear your voice. And if you can't sing, then don't do it. Don't get on the <laughs> stage. Don't perform. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm a great singer. I'm not saying that at all. Some people are. like my voice. Some people don't like my voice. But I'm just saying that I can go out there and sing. Mm -hmm. What you hear live with our band, you're going to hear the same thing on the CD or whatever. It's not going to change. It's We're not surprising you by... I'll give you, for instance, I saw on TV Maroon 5, Adam Levine. Adam, I'm sorry, I love you, but I heard him do, I don't know if it was an off day or they didn't have a good sound person, but he was downtown Times Square and he did a song and it was horrible and he couldn't sing. I mean, I thought, what happened? The auto-tuning went down or something and it was Horrible. Yes. Sorry, Adam, but mm -hmm. you couldn't sing. Yeah, it's <laughs> I mean, you know? much in the studio, I imagine. I hear that a lot. These oops live performances and stuff on they don't sound anything like they do on record or CDs. Excuse me. Record or CD. They don't sound anything like that. And um, from what I've been reading, I found that they do too much sweetening in the studios. Right. <laughs> yeah, like whoa. So I'm it's like, what in the world? I mean, why? Why fool your fans mm -hmm. when, you know, that's wrong to do? Oh, okay, it makes you sound better. Okay, well, that's fine. But you're missing the point of feeling that the vocals and the frequency, you know, scientists are doing the thing with the frequencies in music, and they actually have certain guitar um, tunings where you can tune to a certain frequency. I've been checking into this mm -hmm. where... Uh, a certain frequency makes some people listen to you more because of the frequency. It's it's hitting their ears and they're like, ooh, it's like, you know, love. You know, they love the sound. And, oh, and it, check that out. Just, I need all the help I can get with that thing over there. Yeah, check, you know, <laughs> I mean, they're doing all this stuff. So it you may have, you we may be onto something, you know, back in the day, like you said, the gigolo song or whatever. Yeah. It maybe had a certain frequency that caught people's ears. Um, they're just certain beats, certain things or voices or whatever that people hear. So I, I'm not necessarily thinking it was the era. I think it was something to do with that uh, a certain frequency or a certain sound that the person heard, the people heard that they liked, and that's what made the song popular. But... You know, there's a lot of great songs. I mean, yeah. thousands, millions, millions of yeah. songs that are there awesome. Is. Now, you mentioned songs sounding all alike. <clears throat> Excuse me. Just so the new generation and maybe checking this out. So you think we busted on you. I think um, the older <laughs> We've been accused of this also. I'm sure you heard of the Axis of Awesome or the Awesome Axis. They came up with the thing where the songs are the same three chords. They said something about the um, songs over the last 40 years or so has actually been the same song. They said we're using the same three or four chords over and over. Have you heard about right. that? Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, for, for a good thing, Sorry, EDM or, you know, hip hop, whatever. Mm -hmm. If you listen to beats, and I, I listen to a lot of them. Right. Uh, the majority of them, I can pull out a beat, several beats, and they all have something similar in there. Right. The, the same thing. 
It's no different than pop. It's no different than rock. I mean, even metal. I've heard metal bands using that same little section, just a little piece. Mm -hmm. But but they got to realize, oh, that's copyright infringement, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, right. Right. Now here you say, um, yeah. sorry, here you say your guitarist um, yeah. has uh, ZZ Top sounding or similar, something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Now how do, how do you have something similar sounding? How do you skirt that? I have something similar sounding, but not step on anybody's toes or infringe. Right. Um, it, well, actually, it's, it's like uh, the techniques that he used in ZZ Top. I mean, you know, that, that, Kelly does mm -hmm. similar right. the technique. Um, it's not actually the sound; it's more right. of a technique that he uses or does that, like ZZ Top's guitarist does mm -hmm. um, or did. So um, that's kind of different than what you know. Right. People making music, yes. If you're using, that's that's what they do when you put a song on YouTube. If if they hear something that's copyright infringement, they will send you a notice and say, somebody else had this, they've copywritten it before you, blah, blah, blah. You got to take it down. Right. So, you know, everybody needs to be careful because there's a lot of people out there suing for copyright infringement. And, you know, that's why I say, if sometimes Kelly will come up with something, a riff in his head, and I'll have to listen very closely and I'll be like, you know, one time I'm like, hey, that sounded like this one song. So I'll pull the song up and I'll let him listen. I'm like, he goes, oh, you know, you're right. So we can't use that. So you have to be really careful about your music. And You know who, you know who else did that? The Beatles. I read, <laughs> read an article. About, <laughs> I forget which one of the Beatles who said it. He said, um, like, one of them would write a song. It was either John or whoever, or Paul, rather, uh, or, or John. And one of them would say, um, have you heard this before? You know, and then they have to listen to it. Like, I don't think so. You know, so yeah, I understand that. Like, I read some other, I do a lot of reading, as you can see. Um, I read something else, um, they were talking about where do songs come from. And one of the theories I heard is that the songs that we feel that are original actually are like maybe a culmination or a hodgepodge of everything that we've ever heard. And from that, we kind of form original things or pieces that we call original. Got any thoughts on that? Uh, well, you know, I would say you're right. There's billions of songs out there. So, I mean, somewhere along the line, you're going to have that mistake of doing a copyright infringement. Now, well, hopefully for the artist or band that made it or created it, so they thought, if it's way back in the day, I think there's a certain clause where it says, if it was so long ago, then oh. you can't get... Uh, you know, I've read up on the laws of something like that, but uh, for instance, we did a blues song one time and we put it up on YouTube and somebody came back and said, hey, it's copyright infringement, the certain piece of the notes that you're using in the beginning. Wow. And I sent it back and I said, I'll see you with a lawyer because that riff, that particular blues riff has been used throughout the blues century of music right so they couldn't get us for it because every blues singer used it exactly so it wasn't a copyright in front you just have to really be careful i mean it's like 
Well, yeah, you're danged you, if you do, and you're danged if you don't. Exactly. Like, you said there are so many songs, and I know this um, for a fact too. You know, I write songs myself, and I have to do that too. It's like, did I hear this before? Did I hear this before? And uh, and you're right though. There's so many songs out there. So many musicians that somebody well. Jamie Friends, they keep coming back to me. The guitar. <laughs> well, I don't know if you can see it, but I got a guitar back there that's shaped like a hand. And as soon as I started toying it, I never played the guitar before, but I just started messing with it. And I found melodies on it almost immediately. Right. You see what I'm saying? So I'm sure these melodies that I found on there, millions upon millions of other guitars, musicians came upon them too. You know, so coming up with something that sounds similar or maybe even identical to somebody else, it's probably almost impossible, you know, to come up with something that somebody else hasn't done before. You know, so um, I think um, people whoever you know, trying to get people on these days should keep this in mind. You know, it's getting ever increasingly harder to come up with something that nobody else did before. It's probably almost impossible. Like you said, these riffs, you know, um, I have one that um, I did um, – at a venue I was at, and the guy was like, wow, where'd you come up with that? I said, I had no idea. I just hunt, you know, and just find things. And then one guy, you know, you could see him thinking real hard. He said, you know, it's kind of like, and it was an obscure piece on an album, you know, or something, but he, you know, but he was trying to find some similar. So you're right, it's getting very, very difficult to come up with original stuff. And thank you for clarifying the part about the ZZ Top, because I know um, I wasn't trying to imply that, you know, he was taking anything. But I'm saying, oh, yeah, no, no. separate that. How, you know, how do you come up with something that's similar in the style or in the vein? And um, I think I understand now, you're saying it's techniques and stuff, you know. Um, yeah, I, I get that. Um, do yeah. you know enough about guitars to, like, um, perhaps know a technique that maybe they use or something what is the style like the finger position the holding or I, I'm, I'm not i think it's just the way he plays it uh i don't i don't really know but i know a lot of people say that when they do our um you know like do a write-up on us or or do an interview type thing they say right. well you know kelly's got this like zz top style to him and i'm like really i didn't notice <laughs> but you know i love zz top um mm -hmm. And, you know, they're, they're, they're amazing. There's a lot of amazing artists and bands out there and back in the day. And, I mean, you know, like I said, just, just create, be yourself, enjoy what you're doing, and be careful with copyright infringement. I mean, you know, we'll never know until we put it out there and then somebody's going to ding you. But they'll at least give you a warning first, you know, right. hopefully. Um, exactly. If, it, if, if they're certain artists or bands that are way up there and they decide, oh, they want to take, take it out on a, a newbie, then that's on them. But, yeah. you know, hopefully, hopefully, you know, it, I mean, it's like I write a whole bunch of songs, the lyrics to different things that come up in my head, you know, maybe late at night or where I'm, I'm always taking paper and pencil with me so I can write down everything, jot down stuff that just comes to me. But then when Kelly or, Damon or Joey even on the drums comes up with some kind of beat or rhythm or whatever riff I'll listen to it and boom I've got a song written already because I'll go through some of the songs and I'll be like and they're not they're not knowing what I'm doing <laughs> I'm over here looking at all the songs and I'm like I got lyrics to that let's make a song out of it so then all of us get together and then we work all the parts together and compose it so you just never know but so far, I know, I would say that none of our songs sound like anybody else's at this point. 
there's right. similarities, you know, to different ones, but I don't feel anybody can say that our songs sound like exactly like somebody else's. Exactly. Yeah, I think it has its own sound. That's the now, great thing. That's positive. <laughs> now, now, me, I have, like I said, I have a favorite of yours. That's Waterfalls. Do you have a personal favorite? Um, that you do? I always, I always love every one of them uh, because that's just me. Because I, I know we work hard to create them, mm -hmm. and um, each one of them has a certain meaning. Like uh, whenever I write lyrics, I write them with a little bit of my life experiences in those lyrics. Sort, but it's also like a twist for people to listen to the lyrics and it might hit them a certain way as far as something that happened to them in their past or something they've been through or do, dealing with. Um, so I like to give a twist in the, in the lyrics somehow it works out the way I write them. And uh, I like the songs to have different meanings for different people. You know, um, uh, one guy told me that waterfalls sounds like an out of body body experience. Uh, and at first I thought, <laughs> is he making a joke or what? Right, right, you know, right, but, right. but no, he was explaining himself, you know, because I talked with him. I said, thank you and all this. Um, he was just saying, you know, you really listen to that. It, 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 it's a badass song. And I'm it like, well, thank you, really you know. Because, yeah. um, you know, I just, um, I just don't know. I, I felt like it, you know, needed something. So what we're doing now is uh, when we do live performances on that song, Mm -hmm. we're going to have me do acapella the first parts of it. And then we're going to come in hard with the, you know, you know, and have right. the guitar. Right. And it's really going to be powerful. So I think so. Uh, normally when we've done that before previously in our shows, uh, it, it's like, everybody's real quiet and they listen to me. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, let's go. You know? So a lot of people love that song. So I'm really yeah. I'm really uh, honored and um, glad that they do. Uh, and like I said, they're going to love some and they're going to not love some. Mm -hmm. But, the, you know, the thing is the message is in them and just feeling it, feeling our music. Because um, mm -hmm. that's, that's what makes us keep going, you know, just to, to love what we do and, and um, like us and you're, you'll find us everywhere, all over. All you got to do is Google our name. We're everywhere. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's right. Now, I like that you said, um, loving what you're doing. And you kind of touched on this a little bit. But I'm going to just ask you straight out anyway. Do you have a, 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 a time where you decided that um, perhaps I'm going to retire and ride off into the sunset? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. No, I'm not finished. I'm just getting started, Brian. I mean, you know. <laughs> Um, I waited till later on in my life after I raised my children to, to do this, pursue this music career. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't, I don't regret that because like I said, it's like, I'm, I'm a teenager blooming right now. I'm a kid in a candy store, man. I've got a lot of energy. I can do this and we're all excited. We want to do it all. Right. Um, so for us, I, God, no, I'm, you know, I want to give quite a many years, but throughout those years and, you know, in the future and, and now, mm -hmm. you know, if I can help just one artist or one band, you know, get further or pursue something better, I'm here to help them. So they can feel free to contact me at any time and I will, I will get back with them and try to give them pointers and tips 
Uh, and it doesn't cost a thing. Everybody's like, all you need to charge for your services. I'm not charging anything because what I've learned um, will help the next person because we've been through fake record labels. We've been through fake people. Mm. I mean, we even went down to Nashville one time thinking that we were signed to this fake label. The kid, this young guy had everything on Facebook. He had the record label site, the whole nine, and told us to come down to Nashville and perform, watch him perform at this place or whatever. So we was going to do that to help promote him and that they had a, um, a check for us for sponsorship and all this. We went down there with very little nothing that we had. We put it all together and we had to kind of like beg borrow still to get back home because he lied to us. Um, so these are things that if I can prevent the next person from dealing with, mm -hmm. they're still going to deal with a lot of stuff because there's a lot of things that happen. Wow. Um, but if I can just, story. If, if I can help just one person from dealing with that, and it hurts, you know, it really hurts. Yeah. It, you know, it's like, I'm not trying to be a baby about it. I'm just like, that really hurts when you're believing in these people right. and they do something like that when they didn't realize that you were really struggling at the time. And that could have been food on the table that you didn't have or a bill to pay. Mm -hmm. And they think it's funny. And then when you turn this into the FBI and all this for internet crimes and blah, 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 they do absolutely nothing for you. You don't get the money back. I mean, I turned it into the Kansas um, Attorney General's office. Then they sent me to the FBI, and I turned it all in, and they did nothing. After all these years, they still haven't done anything. And to me, this kid's going to go out there and come up with some, some other con, and he's going to do it to more people. Right. And it's really sad because he needs behind bars. Wow. Um, because what he did was wrong to us, mm -hmm. but you're going to have that kind of stuff happen. And there's no way, you know, it doesn't make you a bad person or a bad band or an artist to have these bad things happen because I'm sure if you talk to any celebrity band or artist, they've been through some of the same things. They, mm -hmm. them just don't want to talk about it or whatever, but I'm not ashamed of it. It's right. lessons learned. You know, we all go through things in life and some of us don't want to talk about it. I'm not ashamed to talk about anything that's ever happened in my life because some of them may have not been good, but I've learned from them. And that's the thing you need to do is experience it, deal with it, go through it, help somebody else. Mm -hmm. Now, where can people uh, who may be looking for some advice that you said you don't mind giving out to them, how can they uh, best contact you? Uh, you can email me at ridiculoustricks at gmail.com. You can call me. Um, my phone number's everywhere, 620-429-0068. You can Facebook message me. I am here, and we have some fans that can tell you. I always try to be here for the fans. I do connect with you. I do talk with you. Um, even Joe and Damon and Kelly, they all like to talk as well. So we're just a really open-minded you know, group and we, band, and we love talking to our fans and, and letting you know we care about you. And we're here to help, you know, like with whatever, as long as it deals with music or, you know, I mean, maybe you've had a bad experience that you heard from our song and you want to know how to deal with it or some clarifications or something. I can't tell you what to do, but I can tell you my experiences because I'm not a 
a registered yeah. licensed psychologist or counselor or anything. I wouldn't do that. Um, right. Now, speaking, my health, um, sorry. Yeah, now speaking of the band, now, um, I mean, it's wonderful speaking with you. But um, <laughs> if you come back and stuff, what's the chances of getting to talk to other people? Oh, yeah, they would love it. I mean, you know, because they're always tormenting me. You know, I have to deal with a lot of testosterone. No, oh, yeah. I'm the only woman in the band so far. You know, but, hey, I mean, you know, they're always tormenting me saying, you always try to take the limelight. It's not that I'm trying to take <laughs> You know, we have done these podcasts and things and radio interviews, and it's like they take forever to answer. They're, like, waiting on me to say something. I'm like, Come on, guys, this ain't like an hour or two episode here. You got to hurry up and talk. But exactly. they torment me all the time, and I get all the riffs from everything. But in, in the long run, like I said, we're a big family, and we have fun. And they can torment me all they want because that's right. okay. I'm not going to say, you know, I, I, I accept the Me Too movement and all that, but I don't. I don't look at it as they're being bad when they torment me with certain things or say certain <laughs> right. things. Right. It's uh, like, I'm, I'm mouthy. I'm not afraid to say anything right back at them. And it's exactly. like, well, exactly. you know, a lot of it's like, well, F you, you know, it's <laughs> like, I don't care, you know, and, um, or they'll torment me. Oh, you're in a bad mood. Yeah. Everybody gets moody, you know, and I'm a yeah. woman. So it's exactly. not saying I'm moody all the time. It's just like, sometimes I get, I, sometimes I'm, I like to just be by myself. You know, mm -hmm. I don't, I, I kind of like, space off into my own world and I just like being alone um, and that's where I do my best creation mm -hmm. and I I love talking with people but to be real with you I'm honestly a loner at home I right. mean I, I don't really associate with people I have I have friends but uh, you know I haven't talked with them like on a regular basis for many years but I can contact them and say how are you are things going well and it's like right. we're still friends and you know, it's just like I'm, I'm a big loner, and I, I don't know why, because like I said, I do love people, and I love talking with people, and when we go to shows, I love talking to everybody, but when I'm here at home, it's like I'm really, like, really quiet. Right. <laughs> you know, I find a lot of creatives are just like that, just like you described. Now, before I forget, we mentioned um, the band members. The band name. Ridiculous tricks. Now, I know we talked before, I was teasing you about it a little bit. Now, when I looked at the spelling, now I was like, I'm the grammar, you know, a spelling police, but I said, right. look how they spelled ridiculous. <laughs> I'm saying to myself, I said, I wonder if it was a typo and perhaps it was all over like your album cover and on your video and all your business cards. And somebody said, that's spelled wrong. He said, well, it's too late now. We <laughs> How did you come right. up with the name Ridiculous Tricks? Well, actually, you know, it was Kelly. He's the one that did the Ridiculous Tricks um, because he had a band room at one time previously before I first came up here uh, to Kansas, and uh, the ceiling leaked, and the water was coming down into the band room, and it was getting soaking all the walls and everything. And he was afraid they were, it was getting on the uh, equipment. So he said, this is ridiculous. So that's how we got the first name. Right. And then we didn't want to spell it correctly because who's that to have something ordinary like ridiculous, O-U-S. Right. So we decided to put A-S at the end. Mm -hmm. And then tricks, there's a 
band back in the 70s, 80s, I believe, that was Trix, T-R-I-X-X. Um, so, and then, of course, Cheap Trick. So we love yeah. Cheap Trick, and I, I like the band Trix. Um, so then we said, okay, how about Trix? And that's how we spelled it. A lot of people think Ridiculous Trix is like a rapper or something. There is a Ridiculous Rapper that spells it A-S. Uh -huh. <clears throat> but that's why I said you need to trademark your names because that way nobody else can use it. But that's how we came up with it. Ridiculous tricks. Like, that's great. I love know. it and stuff. And Ronica, <laughs> uh, we're getting down to it. Oh, hey, this part in the sense. I know, stuff. right? We've had so much fun. <laughs> we just I'm going to get in trouble for a lot of this stuff I said, but oh, well, it's okay. Oh, yeah, stuff. <laughs> I didn't say anything um, horrible, and it is truthful, and it wasn't mean-spirited. You know, that's that's the right, point. right. You and know? Demon Boy, I got a shout out to Demon Boy, my buddy. Yeah. I love you. <laughs> You're awesome. If you haven't heard Demon Boy, check Demon Boy out. He, he's he's got he's amazing, and his oh, whole thing yeah. is amazing. He really. Um, is. And you guys make sure you check out um, Demon Boy. <laughs> We had him on the podcast uh, not too long ago, so make sure yes, absolutely, and shows and get the merch and stuff. <laughs> Veronica, as um customer, I guess becoming customer in the end of our podcast, like to give you last words, final words, and stuff before we end this podcast, this interview. Anything you got for us? It could be anything. Anything's on yeah, your just well, just stay healthy, stay safe with the COVID. Um, this will, you know. It will end eventually, you know, we'll all get back to hopefully a, a certain normal, should we say, right. and, you know, keep praying for everybody that's lost a loved one and, you know, praying that we, we artists and bands can get back out there and do concerts because we love you. We want to perform and buy our merchandise, you know, check out our, check out our links, like our links, you know, and, um, Definitely go to Yan Bar Podcast and Brian Barcello. He is an artist. Check him out. He has some really great music. And uh, I can't wait to try that collaboration sometime. Oh, yes. And uh, thank you very much for having us, me, on here about myself and the band. And uh, it was it was great. We had a great oh, time. Yeah. It's an honor. And I appreciate you so much. You know, agreeing to do the podcast, collaboration, and so forth. And part of the upcoming collab, too, and stuff. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, this is fantastic. So, one moment. Don't go away. Let me say goodbye to everybody. <laughs> okay. Hey, everybody. Once again, we've come to the conclusion of another episode of the Yambar Podcast. And I thank you for joining us. Be sure to check out our previous Yambar podcast and always remember that the Yambar podcast is the place where you make it happen. Once again, my name is Brian Barcelo, host of this episode, and I'm here with Ronica Lynn, lead singer and manager of the rock band from Kansas, Ridiculous Tricks. Ronica, thank you so much. Peace, thank everybody. Bye-bye. And cut. Let's see.